What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on Tuesday. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, and you can join us today on Hale Varsity. Uh, we hope getting ready for Nebraska and Wisconsin. Some updates to pass along there. And uh, nothing official from the University of Nebraska or the University of Wisconsin. But uh, it's a little dicey right now. Some indication on Twitter from uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Wisconsin beat writer, that things may be up in the air for Nebraska, Wisconsin. Again, no confirmation uh, or really comment from Nebraska's side of things. So uh, we'll keep you updated there. I'll report here shortly what is the issue because you've got the the, the positivity threshold to get into. And uh, we'll talk with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic in about 15 minutes. We'll talk some Husker football with Eric Warfield, standout Husker and uh, NFLer for the Chiefs, get his take on what he's seeing from Nebraska football. And then Barry Alvarez, my conversation with the Nebraska uh, standout linebacker and Wisconsin athletic director. Barry's schedule is that of an athletic director. So as much as I would love to have Barry Alvarez live at 525, this was my phone conversation with Barry Alvarez at 915 this morning. So just let me lay it out for you, uh, a, a preview, and we'll hear from Barry Alvarez here coming up. But when I was talking to Barry, he laid out how everyone gets rapid tested in the morning, so you can get your result, and go practice. They were practicing. Wisconsin was practicing this morning. And uh, 18 hours ago, Paul Christ was not worried about not being able to play the game. What's happened since yesterday? What's happened since this morning? What's happened since our conversation with Barry Alvarez? Uh, Nothing official again. But that would just be the ultimate... 2020 thing to gear up have a chance to to still take on a really good wisconsin football team with their fourth string quarterback or instead of the wildcat the wild badger formation uh and you know you want to play this game but you want health and safety to to rule the day as well so you had a tweet out for uh jeff portrykis Jeff's really talented writer, does a great job covering Wisconsin. He's been on the show uh, in, in the past. And with with Jeff, um, he put this tweet out a little, about an hour ago. Hashtag Badgers game at Nebraska may not be played. Stay tuned. A little bit more information on that. You have uh, a reminder if the Badgers can't play, 
at Nebraska, it's officially a no contest. It's not a forfeit. And when it comes to handling games that are canceled due to COVID, I mean, you, you have the Big Ten protocols. And, and, and we know that Graham Mertz tested positive a second time. He had the rapid test, so they went through the more invasive test. That came back positive. That was put out by Portrykas and Dennis Dodd. They were the ones to get that information. So that means Mertz is done for 21 days. 14 days recovery, protocol, quarantine, and then the Big Ten tax on an extra seven days for the myocarditis side of things. That's why it's super stringent. It's 21 days. So this tweet from, from Parker Gabriel, and he's a native Wisconsinite as well, and, you know, Parker's able to uh, to communicate this about 40 minutes ago on Twitter. At this point, Nebraska's brass has not been formed about any change in status for Saturday's game. Nebraska practice today. We'll hear from Coach Chenander. We'll hear from Coach Lubick. Uh, we'll hear from some of the players, McCaffrey as well. So when it comes to the Big Ten protocols, you know, if if your team is in that red dial area, there's an auto seven-day pause. But even if you get into the orange with the, the Big Ten language, teams need to consider how viable it is to play on top of the travel. So what we don't know, and I did not ask Barry this morning, Hey, Coach, what's your team's positivity rate? I got the uh, politely go to hell. I'm not telling you what the quarterback situation is. <laughs> okay? And, and Barry was great. Barry Alvarez was awesome. Stay tuned for that in an hour. But at this juncture in the morning when we talked, things were okay and, and Wisconsin was practicing. What is the team positivity rate? What is that threshold? Are they above 5%? And you did the math with, say, say Nebraska football, when we, when we first discussed protocol and positivity rate, for Nebraska, eight or nine players on a roster of 150 would put you over where you got to shut down. So it'll be interesting to see what goes forward. I pray that Nebraska can play football. So this is the latest from the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel with the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. The Badger positivity rate, Nebraska and Wisconsin's game is in jeopardy. The Wisconsin COVID positivity rate, it's close. It's not at, per the Journal Sentinel, but it's close to the level of forcing a shutdown. This just about 10 minutes ago from uh, Jeff Portrykas. So Wisconsin's game Saturday in danger of being canceled, according to a source with the knowledge. That was not Barry's attitude or feel this morning. That tells you how fluid the situation is. So... You had the report out about Graham Mertz. You had the report about uh, Chase Wolf. 
both having tested positive for COVID. According to a second source, Wisconsin's test positivity rate is close to that threshold that would force the team to stop regular practice and competition for a minimum of seven days. We were just talking about that here. If, if the, the red dial is hit. So that would obviously blow up what's going to happen Saturday in Lincoln if they hit and go over that threshold. If the game's not played, it would be considered a, a no contest rather than a forfeit. And here's the, uh, the Big Ten protocols. And when it comes to team positivity rate, the number of positive tests divided by the total number of tests administered. So your, your positivity rate, green, is 0 through 2%. Uh, your team positivity rate, the orange category is 2 through 5%. Anything at 5 or over is red. So when it comes to the population positivity rate, the number of positive individuals divided by total number uh, is is uh, a little bit different here. Green is 0 through 3.5%, orange 35 through 75 and then red's over 7.5%. So when you get into that green category, Teams continue with normal practice and competition. It, it feels like either this morning when Wisconsin was practicing, when we were talking to Barry Alvarez, things were either in the green or if you were in orange. Orange must proceed with caution and enhance COVID prevention. Uh, when it comes to red, teams got to stop regular practice. And you've seen and heard teams shut down. It's happened in the Big 12. So there's no decision as of yet. Uh, with Nebraska-Wisconsin. And again, there's been no comment or statement from Nebraska. But you have a situation here that the game is in jeopardy due to Wisconsin's positivity rate. You've got the starting quarterback. You've got the third-team quarterback, both positive. Who have they been around? Who has contracted COVID? Who else has contracted COVID at Wisconsin? can join us at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. So you got a seven-day average. Uh, based on that seven-day rolling average to get to 5%, you got to have a lot of guys come down with this. So uh, we shall see. Let's dive into a little bit of Coach Chenander here while we have some time. We'll spend some more time with Mitch Sherman, and uh, we'll see if there's anything from Nebraska Here's what I think is going to happen. Wisconsin's going to going to see how things are tomorrow when they test because their guys go in, they practice in the morning, they test, and they do the rapid test. Who else is positive tomorrow morning? And you're going to have to eventually make a call if that rate continues to go up. And to be honest with you, I mean it. It it, it was Saturday feels like one of those games you you got to have. For Nebraska, as in take on Wisconsin, first-team quarterback, third-team quarterback, go find a way to beat the boogeyman that is Wisconsin. You're going from an undermanned Wisconsin team that's going to go go brass knuckles on you when it comes to physical football in a phone booth to, man, you may not even get a chance to play him. And there's no makeup, and we go back to the Big Ten allowing zero margin for error uh, allowing no bye weeks or makeup dates put in in into uh, this schedule, and if Wisconsin resumes play, assuming they shut down play, 
What's the timeline there? Do they go into red for a week and then move into next week? Do they get slapped and are they shut down for how many guys are shut down for 21 days? Do they just kind of crawl off to the side? All interesting thoughts. But it'd be nice to figure out a way to get this game in. And uh, hopefully if you're a football fan, you don't see any more positivity cases rise up and and call call this thing off. Nebraska is proceeding and practicing like they're going to play. They're proceeding and practicing like, you know, it really doesn't matter who's at quarterback. Uh, Nebraska's got to be ready for a physical run game. And uh, when it comes to, to Wisconsin and that quarterback situation, here's Coach Janander. Nebraska's been going about their business, trying to figure out, figure out a way to slow down Wisconsin in their run game. Ever since the news kind of broke on Twitter when it was kind of a rumor, you know, it wasn't really uh, substantiated yet, the, the first thought popped in my head was, a, they'll they'll keep the same game plan. You know, they're they, they're a well coached football team. They'll put whoever's next up in quarterback in and, and and run the same scheme. Maybe a little less passing and a little more running. Um, they'll do that. Or option B, the the second thing that went through our head is Garrett Groshek will go in there at quarterback. I know he was a high school. I think he was a high school quarterback. You know, every time in the last two or three years. There's been a, a play where it's a double pass or a flea flicker or something. He's been the guy that's going to be the thrower. A couple of them have been blown dead, um, you know, because of false starts or whatever, but he was going to be the thrower guy. Um, so I think he can throw the football, and I think you're right about the Wildcat. You know, they're, they're definitely going to, you know, I would, I would assume, I don't, I don't know, I'm not in their meetings, but I would assume they'd try to at least make him the quarterback and give him some zone read stuff and or build some true quarterback runs with him. So we're definitely getting ready for that. Couple last thoughts here on the uh, fluid situation of, of Wisconsin and their positivity rate. You know, if I'm Nebraska, I need to know what your numbers are. And you can share those with me. They don't need to be public, but I need to know what your numbers are at and what is that number look like to trigger the red to trigger the tear of got to shut things down for a week. And uh, we're all anxious to see football. Nebraska fans anxious to see a win over Wisconsin. Nebraska fans anxious to see a showdown with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's had too many instances where they roll some dude out there at quarterback. You have zero respect for until he beats you on play action. Joel Stave ring a bell. Anybody but Russell Wilson ring a bell. And Mertz looked dynamite. And uh, we'll have that conversation with Barry Alvarez in one hour. Again, just to reiterate that this happened when things were sailing along beautifully this morning. Barry got in, got his cup of coffee. We had about a 20-minute talk. And uh, guys tested and were practicing this morning. So uh, keep it... uh, Locked into Hale Varsity Radio for that. Mitch Sherman's coming up. And uh, we'll get plenty more from Coach Lubick. You know, where is Nebraska at from a wide receiver standpoint? How close are the Huskers to having some of those young guys contribute? Alante Brown, Fleming, uh, Xavier Betts. What's the deal with Omar? Uh, things look like or sound like guys are, are getting in position to maybe contribute. 
the downfield passing side of thing was a focal point too with Coach Lubick and some really cool thoughts from Luke McCaffrey as uh, he took the podium as well. You can email the show. Do so, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And uh, you're always welcome to follow us and find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Damon Barr. That's two R's with Damon. Damon, you're going to need to maybe break into your room a little early today. If uh, we've got to white knuckle this bastard with is Nebraska going to play ball on Saturday or not? Is Wisconsin going to be over the threshold positivity rate? The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, their report is out. We'll talk with Mitch Sherman next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! One hour from now, our chat from earlier this morning, pre-red dial alert, Wisconsin. Our our sit-down with Barry Alvarez as he was watching practice and kind of laid out the, the protocols for Wisconsin and how they go about it and get a clean practice field. And you fast forward a few hours later, man, it's crazy. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, are you buckled in? You know, I actually am buckled in. I'm I'm, uh, I'm driving, so there you go. Um, good, good that I have my seatbelt on. It Literally is. and figuratively, I am buckled in for whatever this week has in store. Were you concerned, uh, even if we go back yesterday to, to Paul Christ's press conference when he's like, look, I don't worry about being able to play the game. Yep. Was there a glimmer of doubt you maybe had yesterday about Saturday actually happening? Yeah, before the, before the press conference. As soon as the reports began to surface about a positive test within the program, um, knowing the fact that these guys have been around each other Played a game Friday, um, you know, clearly had some time off the, on the weekend, but football players spend time around each other even when they're not practicing and playing. Um, and then you have the daily testing. So if this was able to slip through um, and you had a guy come into the back into the facility who was positive, you had to figure that he had been around some of his teammates. So, yeah, I mean, and knowing that the threshold is as low as in the Big Ten to cancel a game, um, absolutely. As soon as you hear about one case, um, especially when it's when it's somebody who, you know, the starting quarterback spends a lot of time around people. He's in a huddle. Um, he's he's talking to his lineman. He's talking to the other quarterbacks. So not to say that I mean he very well caught it from somebody else. You don't know what the what the chain of spread is here. But a long answer to a short question: Yeah, as soon as you hear about a case, um, there's concern. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio. We were going to talk X's and O's and game plan and tough man defense. We can still do that, hoping there's a game on, on Saturday. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not done yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> Give it five minutes, man. <laughs> Mitch, uh, right. I, I want your, your thoughts on just kind of the, the, the moment, the urgency and the the opportunity for Nebraska. Let's let's play nice and and hope that there's a game, and safety prevails, obviously, and health. That said, I mean, what 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 Saturday mean for 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 Coach Frost in in Nebraska? Is it just game two, like he touched on? But there's a bigger uh, bigger emphasis on it too, don't you feel like? 
Yeah, every one of these opportunities to win a game for Nebraska and Scott Frost against a team in the Big Ten, and these two that Nebraska are is scheduled to play right out of the gate, Ohio State and Wisconsin are, are the top two right now. Uh, you One across the conference and one within your own division. And you could put Penn State and Michigan in that category for sure. But all of these opportunities, and throw Iowa into that category because of how long it's been since Nebraska's done that, every opportunity is, is a big one. And um, this, this fits right, right into, that, into that category. So Nebraska has to, at some point, win a game like this and get over that hurdle. And I think the prevailing thought within the program is that when it happens – then you're going to see things take off. Scott Frost has said that. You've heard others make the suggestion to that, and the logic kind of goes, you know, you're really going to clear some things mentally for some of these, these guys, these players who, who, for whom it has been so long since they've had a landmark win. And, you know, you could see it in moments against Ohio State, not to say that Nebraska was ever down to the wire you know, a play here or a play there away from winning that game. That's that's silly to say when it's fifty two to seventeen. But at moments in the first half of that game where Nebraska had opportunities, there were times where Nebraska met the opportunity and then there was ultimately that time at the end of the half when it didn't and things kinda crumbled. And I think some of that has to do with just having not been in that situation and having had success before. I think Nebraska could overcome a delay of game penalty down 17 to 14, backed into its own end zone if it had had more success as a program. And when it gets to the point that it does, then those kinds of things will be easier to get past. What were your uh, your takeaways from Saturday? Uh, were you, if, it, if you're a Nebraska fan, you know, what, what's your feedback been like with folks that read you on The Athletic? Was there more encouragement or was there, well, it's still a 30-point-plus loss. I mean, there's, there's two dynamics, and there, yeah. can be, there can be gray area, area with it. My takeaway was the point of attack on both lines, specifically applying, to, applying it to what can happen Saturday against a really physical football team. It looked better. Yeah, that's a, it was down the middle. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of what I wrote about this Monday uh, about – Ten reasons to be optimistic. For every ten reasons to be optimistic, there were ten reasons to be disappointed with that game at Ohio State. If it comes in the middle of the year, you know, I think it trends more a little bit toward disappointment because you had some of the um, self-inflicted issues. Those are understandable in a in a in a first game of the year situation, um, and there's less margin for error always against a team like Ohio State. I think for Nebraska this year, playing a Big Ten only schedule, some of the issues that Nebraska faces internally with. Own roster, um, and I did, I'm just talking about experience yeah. at certain positions. Um, the margin for error against any opponent is going to be slim this year. So Ohio State, you know, that's that's um, magnified by by several degrees. I was absolutely impressed with the way that Nebraska held its own at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball with the defensive. Uh, groupings that they put out on the field, some of the versatility you saw there with guys like Ty Robinson. Um, Casey Rogers, uh, Ben Stilley had a good game. Um, I thought Damian Daniels played well. I thought Keem Green came in and, and played well. So, and we didn't see Jordan Riley um, when he gets out there. That's that's going to be, uh, I think, an added 
asset for this defensive line. And the same thing on the other side of the ball. Um, but you can go you can go across the line. But Matt Farniak had some struggles at at right guard, but um, I think there's a confidence that he's going to get it together and, and be a good right guard for Nebraska. Cam Jurgens had some great moments in that game. Um, Brendan Hymas was very solid. Um, you, you didn't notice him a lot, which is really good against the an Ohio State defensive line. Um, and I thought Ethan Piper and, and Bo Wilson held down that left guard spot well. Um, I think Ethan Piper is going to be a, a multi-year starter in this system, um, maybe sooner rather than later. And then Bryce Benhart out at right tackle did a nice job too, especially for his first start, again, against Ohio State defensive ends. And Turner Corcoran came in as a true freshman uh, offensive tackle against some of the most talented defensive linemen in the country and, and held his own. So that's, that is a, an outstanding sign. Mitch, with uh, with Wisconsin, say this thing happens Saturday. Is it as simple as whoever is? Maybe it's <laughs> Growhouse uh, running the, the the Badger Wildcat. Maybe it's yep. uh, the fourth stringer uh, Vanden Boom, all name team. <laughs> but it's going to be downhill and play action, and it's still going to be a test. I I don't. There's there's a sense I get from Nebraska fans of, of fear. Oh no! Uh, if you can't beat Wisconsin depleted, are you ever going to beat them? Or there's maybe some Nebraska fans saying, "Okay, it doesn't matter. We'll air quote we'll take it and just find a way to get a win against these guys." Still a huge game. You'll take it seven times in a row. If if you beat their third string, you take it and you build on it. It's probably not the same kind of signature win that it would be if you beat them with their best players, but that doesn't matter in the moment. So Nebraska's been there where it's had injuries and had to play backups, and the opponents on the other side wanted to beat the Huskers just as bad. So that's the situation that Wisconsin would find itself in if they're in Memorial Stadium playing on Saturday afternoon. I, I mean, uh, Vanden Boom, uh, I mean, you're not talking about um, a, a five foot six walk on here. I mean, he's a scholarship <laughs> he's kid a who player. was undefeated as a high school quarterback. <laughs> six foot five, he can sling the ball. I mean, I understand he was fourth team a couple of weeks ago, but I, I'm guessing that, that he can he can do all right. I mean, Nebraska lost to a third string quarterback at Purdue last year. Um, Wisconsin quarterbacks have not really been the reason, with the exception of Russell Wilson, um, in, in the one game against him. Uh, I think Nebraska played Russell Wilson. Man, I'm trying to just, I, yeah, just, I, just once. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Um, they have not necessarily been the reason that uh, the Badgers have have rolled off victories against Nebraska. It's that defense, those linebackers, obviously the running game. So if those guys are there, Wisconsin's many of Wisconsin's strengths still exist. So um, it's going to be a hard game. And look, if they get to if they make it through and they get to Lincoln, they're going to have a game plan whether it's Wildcat, you know, whatever it is, they're going to find a way, and they're going to be, you know, pumped up to, to win that game against, against a certain amount of odds. I wouldn't say all odds, mm-hmm. but, but uh, a certain amount of odds. Uh, the guys who were there are probably going to play a little bit harder. So by no means is anything about Saturday if there's a game, a walk in the park. Mitch, asking you to to predict here, but as far as a a decision, that all is depending on positivity threshold and if any more Badgers test positive. 
That could be tomorrow morning between that 6 and 7.30 a.m. daily testing window. That could be some results tonight. Yeah. At the earliest, when do you think the Big Ten could, could make a decision, Wisconsin could make a decision? Well, they've got to shut the program down because they have they've they've gone over that limit. And and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance to it in the sense that it's not just okay today on Tuesday or tomorrow on Wednesday you're at the five percent. Mm-hmm. It's a rolling seven day average. So we don't know where their numbers were seven days, you know, five days ago or, you know, three days ago that that's gonna impact this rolling seven day number. There you know, they, only they have the the charts and the in the you know the spreadsheet that that lays this thing out. Um, so it could come any time. You know, maybe they're waiting for one more positive test to be confirmed, and they're gonna, and then they're going to be over the limit, and, and that's that's what's going to make it impossible for them to play. Maybe they're already over the five percent, but they're but they're waiting on something uh, to come back to get that seven day average to a certain place. I mean, we might be looking at a lost cause here, or it could be a situation where there's just an expectation that more players are going to test positive because of the numbers who have already come through in the program. And so that's that's what they're looking at. I don't know how far they are away from be, from having to pull the plug on this. But, um, you know, the the hope is with, with the daily testing that you're able to catch these things fast. Mm-hmm. If it happened over the weekend after a game when guys were out of the facility – um, after a Friday night game, you know that might be a little bit of a hole in the system where it's harder to catch it because I believe they're tested six days a week. That's the way that most Big Ten teams are doing it, or all Big Ten teams. There's a day there, um, you know, where things can maybe spread, uh, and perhaps that is what happened here. It, it it's hard. It's really hard to know. But I would think if we don't hear anything by this time Thursday, then that's probably a good sign. Mitch Sherman. Mitch, you're awesome. Thanks for jumping on, bud. Okay, thanks, Chris. Take care. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So as uh, about 425 from Jeff Portrykus, Journal Sentinel, uh, no shutdown, no stopping officially yet by Wisconsin. Again, just to reiterate, uh, you have Nebraska, Wisconsin potentially in jeopardy due to the positivity rate. It could be Wisconsin's call and not necessarily the Big Ten's call. So we will keep you updated, stay tuned, and uh, we'll figure out if Nebraska and Wisconsin are a go on Saturday. Just a reminder, coming up in about 30 minutes, our sit-down with Barry Alvarez. We talked with Barry this morning. Uh, Wisconsin Athletic Director, he kind of lays out the, the protocol and the testing, and Badgers are practicing this morning. So the window for Wisconsin to do their daily testing is 6 to 7.30 a.m. because they practice in the morning. We were talking and they were wrapping up practice, so they had enough dudes to practice. But you got the Mertz situation, their stud quarterback that is done for 21 days. Uh, Wolfie, Mr. Wolf, the Wolf. He is uh, also positive per a CBS Sports 
report. So this would just absolutely suck. Uh, The game may not be played Saturday. There's no official word. And uh, I think Mitch Sherman kind of nailed it. A, the hole in the testing. If you're tested six days a week, you play Friday night, you uh, are AWOL Saturday, or you're just away from the facility Saturday, and bang, Sunday, you've got a test result that comes back at 6 o'clock Central on a Sunday with with Graham Mertz, your quarterback. So uh, World Herald reporting uh, they have had contact with Bill Moose. Their response, we're pre- Nebraska's response right now is we are prepared to play football. Uh, Paul Christ yesterday said, look, we felt confident we're going to play. And it's not a forfeit. It's a no contest. So that is the latest. Let's get caught up on a few thoughts with um, some of the coaches today. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5860. Here's the other part of this. And you do not want, as much as you want to play Wisconsin, as much as you want to beat Wisconsin as a Nebraska fan, as much as you want to end that seven-game skid, you don't want to endanger your own team, so there's no more football for you, or some of your guys, God forbid, catch it. But this is is just god-awful as 2020's been. You finally get football back, you feel okay with some parts of the Ohio State game, and then what happens? You're turning your attention to Wisconsin, and it's an undermanned Wisconsin team, but it doesn't, doesn't matter to you. You still want to see if you can go out and, and handle the, uh, the Badgers a little bit. Uh, let's hear from Coach Lubick a little bit here. Uh, and, and he spent some time here uh, when it comes to the offense here and uh, some of those new wide receivers here. Where's Omar Manning at? Where are some of those young pups? Where's Nebraska at with their receiving core it was all tight ends pretty much in Wandale. You need more Wandale. Are you going to have some of those new bodies, some of that new talent uh, potentially on Saturday? Yeah, so we were able to get some of the newcomers in uh, in the second half. I think Galante played a decent amount. Same with uh, Fleming. And, uh, you know, and Levi, I consider him a newcomer. He, and he started the game. He, he's a newcomer. Um and really, Wandell's kind of a newcomer, too. He's a true freshman last year, but I guess he's a veteran. He's been here for two years. This week, you know, we're still working on getting Omar healthy, but we're hoping he can help us this week. Uh, Alante has done some good things. All, all those guys are getting better. Xavier Betts is getting better. They're all getting better, and we're going to gradually keep working those guys um, in the system and give them opportunities. But at the end of the day, you know, when the game goes, we're going to play the guys we think give us the best chance to win. There's some guys that are uber talented. Just how how ready ready are they for a, a full boat of being able to block, knowing the playbook, playing fast and confident, and and doing their assignments and and not not being a liability. More from Coach Lubick. 
comments on, on Nebraska's physicality and what he liked offensively. We were proud of the way our guys stood up physically. Um, you know, we won some battles, we lost some battles, but there was huge improvement from last year's game. And so and it helped us run the ball and, and our guys protected well. Um, we got to keep getting more consistent. We got to keep improving. But that was a step in the right direction. We've really emphasized physical by having physical practices. And our guys took pride in that. And, and they showed that on Saturday. So Nebraska, no doubt, has a unique setup at quarterback. Adrian Martinez uh, looked good for a lot of Saturday. Luke McCaffrey was big time. And here's Coach Lubick. Uh, not only what Nebraska was able to pull off with their, their two-quarterback system, but just what it can do for the offense. Both of these guys, their skill sets, um, they're, they're similar in some ways. They're both really good quarterbacks, but they're both tremendous athletes that can do so many different things. I've never been around that. Where, where Adrian, he's a great quarterback, but he could play receiver. He could play running back. Luke could, Luke could play all three spots as well. So um, that's, that's rare. That's really rare. And, and the fact that they're willing to do that and do whatever it takes for the, the team to win says a lot about them. And that's why they're leaders for us, too. Last side here from Coach Lubick, uh, when it comes to getting downfield, Nebraska tried to get downfield passes longer than 20, but it, it just didn't necessarily work out that way. But here's a little bit more description of you know, ideally what Nebraska wants to do downfield. When you say one plus 20, we just completed one. So I think we tried more than that. We tried more. We targeted more than that. You know, part of it was protection breakdown or the quarterback, you know, uh, maybe scramble a little bit early or maybe a guy wasn't open. But there, there's no question. We, we want to take shots down the field in every football game. Um, but in saying that, part of it is what the defense is giving you. I know, you know, early on, uh, I thought Ohio State did a really good job of, you know, when it, when those guys were playing coverage, they were playing they were playing deep, and they wanted you to earn it. And so, for example, if we're running a post route, they did a great job of staying on top of the post route, which sometimes forces you to check the ball down. Um, so it was a combination of things. We went in there with a lot more shots than than one. You know, we we we'll usually go into a game with anywhere from seven to, to ten shots that could actually be. Uh, over 20-yard type passes. And then part of those explosive pass plays, too, is getting to a good player in space and letting those guys create the explosives themselves, your talent. And uh, we got to keep doing a better job of that. And, you know, that's a work in progress. We'll uh, hear more from Coach Lubick. Uh, Casey Rogers had a nice game on Saturday. He's looking forward to Wisconsin, hopefully on Saturday. We'll get you updates on what's coming out of Madtown. How dangerous is the situation for Saturday when it comes to cancellation of Nebraska-Wisconsin? No new updates. Nebraska's proceeding forward like they're going to play, and uh, they have not heard anything uh, yet from Wisconsin officially. Our earlier sit-down with Barry Alvarez coming up. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. Find us, follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Damon Barr. That's two R's. 30 minutes away, our conversation with Barry Alvarez. We talked this morning, and things were much different this morning versus uh, things maybe being up in the air for Saturday with Nebraska. This isn't from Nebraska. This is Wisconsin dealing with uh, COVID numbers hitting that that threshold mark 
with uh, a a 5% or greater positivity rate, you've got a seven-day rolling average that you also need to take into consideration. And there's a couple of different uh, situations that, that you can look at this. And uh, we'll keep you informed. I don't expect a decision today, per se, because you've got that seven-day rolling average to, to think about. No official decision's been made on the status of the game uh, from Nebraska's point of view. But Mitch Sherman nailed it. I mean, there's concerns. But uh, when it comes to the Big Ten medical protocols, there's two different testing numbers the team's must report one's the positivity rate number of positive tests divided by total number of tests you have green orange and red and then population positivity rate that's the number of positive individuals divided by the total population at risk so how many folks got it out of your your whole look and the 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 percentage threshold at red at five percent or greater uh is in reference to the positivity test rate, the population positivity rate, 7.5% or greater. So there you are with it. So our chat with Barry Alvarez, we, we do get into some good football. He has some nice thoughts on Nebraska and Adrian and Ohio State and just their quarterback situation. Uh, we'll hear from Eric Warfield, standout Husker. Longtime Kansas City Chief uh, Warfield chimes in on on Ohio State and Nebraska. Get his take and his prescri- perspective for sure at uh, the secondary. Right, where are the Huskers going to be at it, that safety and corner spot uh, due to the the targeting? And <laughs> Warfield's a guy that's pretty ticked. You've got uh, endangered species for sure if you're playing in the secondary. Uh, in college football or uh, in the NFL. Reminder about buckling up. Nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska, they're not wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash is buckling up. This message brought to you by your friends at the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Can join us. Uh, dial us up at 466-3776. Follow us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Uh, give Damon Barr a follow at Damon Barr. That's two R's. And uh, get us an email. If you want to chat Nebraska, Wisconsin, if this thing happens, if I'm a betting man, whew, I don't know. I do not know. I think Nebraska wants to play. There's some insinuation on social media that you're down to a fourth-team quarterback. Do you want to play? I think Kristen and Barry absolutely want to play. Warfield's next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Back with you, Tower 2 at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, longtime NFL vet with the Chiefs, Husker Hall of Famer, Eric Warfield back with us. Give him a follow on Twitter at EAWarfield44. Warfield, you're screening me, man. My apologies. You know, nowadays you get so many telemarketers that call your phone on a daily basis. So I actually downloaded this app. It picks up every single phone call that I that I get coming in. So I apologize for that. I get the same dude leaving me the same voicemail for Direct TV from sixteen <laughs> different parts of the world. It sucks. It, it does. I'm, I'm I'm happy with my service. Thank you. I'm good yeah. enough to watch college football in the NFL on 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 my setup. So how you feeling? How are you feeling as as a Husker? How you feeling as a Defensive back. We'll start with Ohio State. Man, all the targeting stuff, and you know, it looked okay for a while, and then it got a bit messy with with the the score. But uh, what'd you think of last weekend? You know what? Football has I wouldn't say completely changed, but it it has changed the dynamic of of um, of big hit. Uh, you won't see any anybody making into the Hall of Fame. Uh, because of their big hits and 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 uh, detaching the the ball from the player uh, in that manner, uh, it's more is more to where uh, they're they're out for the safety of the app. A little frustrating to see and, and and understand what's going on on the field. But when you look at the overall package of them trying to protect these players and their and their longevity um, outside of football, uh, I do understand it. But again, when it's a it plays a part. Uh, for your teammates, <laughs> or not your teammates, or, or the guys that you're rooting for, you're always going to be upset and, and, and disgusted by it. But like I said, it's just a part of the game. Uh, and then to do with the game itself against Ohio State, we started out great uh, offensively. Uh, I, I love the drives down the field with Martinez and his confidence. And my thing, even as I said last year, he's a pretty good quarterback when he has his confidence. Uh, Ohio State's a really good team. They've They've been a really good team for the – Last ten years since I've 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 been uh, been watching, so uh, they're always going to have the the top ten uh, team to play each year. So we just have to, for one, I don't want to sit here and say we don't have the talent that they have, but it's kind of obvious that we don't. Uh, so we have to get some of those those players in to where we can compete uh, with these top ten, top five, top twenty five teams uh, to where we're at least. In heading in the right direction of what we always, you know, look forward to what we did in the 90s. And I hate, like, I, I know I said this the last time we had this interview, mm-hmm. that I don't like to compare uh, teams to what we had in the 90s. Uh, it's a whole different era of football, a whole different style. Uh, but we would, I mean, I, I can say myself, would love to see uh, us at least uh, competing and ranked in a high position. I mean, you're a you're a proud Nebraska guy. I mean, you're, you're rooting for him. You want him to to be at that level, and it's just been a, a tough road back. Eric Warfield's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Eric, uh, so what what did you do for the game? I know uh, you're down south. Do you uh, get together with some 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 Husker buds, or do you just kind of hang with family? I mean, how do you uh, how do you soak it in? So I'm here in Dallas, and there's a uh, sports bar here that uh, uh, there's a guy that he, he moved here ten years ago from Nebraska. He he runs a sports bar, and a friend of mine ran into him. So uh, he told him that I was here, and the guy contacted me and asked me if I could, uh, could round up a few players 
that live in the area to come out and watch the game. So we actually had a pretty good size uh, watch party for that game. Uh, a lot of fun. Good to see a lot of those guys. And to mention some of them, we had Michael Booker, uh, Joe Walker, Octavius McFarlane, uh, Corey Dixon, John Reese, uh, Tremaine Bell, um, God, who else? Eric Strickland, I think. Yeah, he was out. Old Strick. Uh, so we had, yeah, we had a, a big group of guys that came out, and uh, I mean, it wasn't a, a good ending, but a great start, uh, and good, good to see a lot of those old faces. So, uh, of those guys you just reeled off, who could still go get four snaps? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> Not even you. <laughs> you know, I, I probably I can give you two plays a quarter. <laughs> Two a quarter. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, Tremaine Bell was a beast. He was so much fun to watch at uh, tight end. Corey Dixon, yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned some of the guys from that defense that kind of meshed with your 97 team and then played at a really high level as well. You know, into you know the Booker, was a, Booker was a first-round pick for us, so he was a great player too. Yeah, I was going there because Booker had the Fiesta Bowl and, and a great uh, you know, a great quarter spot opposite uh, Tyrone Williams. And, yeah, Booker was incredible because he was, he was in the league for a long time. He was high draft pick for Atlanta, wasn't he? Yep, yep. Had a pretty good career, and knees just gave out on him. So, uh, uh, But outside of that, yeah, he was a really good, good athlete. Well, Eric Warfield's with us, the uh, the Husker crew down in Dallas getting together uh, for uh, Nebraska football. Eric, what what's your feel for, for Saturday? And, you know, uh, Wisconsin's not officially released anything, but a couple, three of the, the national riders uh, have their, their sources. And uh, we're talking to Barry Alvarez here in a little bit, and there won't be any, any depth chart release breaking news on my show, I can guarantee it, but I'll ask. But are you feeling Saturday's the day that you finally get over that Wisconsin hump? And, and it's a tough ask because, you know, Wisconsin may be playing a, a, a running back turned quarterback, you know, wildcat look, or they're going with, um, with their fourth string guy. I mean, that's what it looks like as, as we talk on Tuesday. And Wisconsin is still going to just line up and try and murder you. I mean, how, how are you thinking Saturday goes? I, you, you can't overlook a Wisconsin team because they're going to have uh, those big offensive linemen and, and they're going to have a powerhouse uh, uh, football team running at you on both sides, offensively and defensively. So they're, they're, no matter who they have, I, I, I saw something earlier about their, uh, some of the players testing for COVID, mm-hmm. uh, but we have – there's no way we should overlook this team. They've been a, a pretty – really good team throughout the last few years. Um, and they put out some great players in the NFL and have had some really good teams. So uh, definitely not, not one of those that we should overlook. Now, take it – what we did at Ohio State, I think we have a lot to build on. I still think we were missing a player or two to kind of get us over the hump of, of, of being, in the, being ranked in the top 25. Um, and I think with, with Martinez getting more and more confident, um, he's gonna, he, he can be a dynamic player. Um, running the ball, he, 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 he did really well. He made some really good throws. So there's a lot to build off of what, he, what he's uh, accomplished in the first week. And like I said, it's just it's a Wisconsin team that, and, and that has been known to deliver some big guys that, that, that can pound it. 
you know, kind of down your throat, mm-hmm. you know, with a running game and a, and, a, and a good passing game. So uh, you have to be ready 100%. I have no doubt that the, the Nebraska staff and, and players, there is zero overlook just because of how big and burly and physical the lines of scrimmage are with Wisconsin. Uh, the fans, though, man, the you know, the Nebraska fans, best in the world, but also a, a high standard. And it, it the kind of the narrative here, and it's early in the week, is, man, you got to go get Wisconsin if, if they're down to fourth string. Oh, I agree. You know, I have. Oh, Chris, I'm I'm one of those. I'm 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 loyal uh, from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and, and and it kind of hurts me to 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 read some of the comments uh, on Twitter uh, day in day out uh, about the program. Uh, we've had we struggled. You know, I, I went through the same thing with the Chiefs. Chiefs haven't won since '69, and I, I came a part of it. And, and we still didn't win then. And, and even after my years, uh, I've been loyal to that program. And now all of a sudden, you know, we have got people out of nowhere that I've never even heard of that, that, that are also, that are big time Chiefs fans. And, and I kind of feel like our Cornhuskers are going to be the same way. You know, it's like we get so much bad talk about, you know, what we used to be and, how we're not heading in the right directions and how many coaches we've gotten rid of and uh, how much more time we're going to give Frost and his players and the players that he's recruiting now. I'm, I'm excited for each and every week. I'm going to scream Go Big Red each and every week. Uh, we can lose by one. We can lose by 50. I'm, I'm still proud of the team that, that uh, made me the player that I am and the person that I am. Um, and on top of that, do I hurt with those players when they lose? Of course I do. I feel for them. I want them to be successful. Uh, is it going to be easy throughout the season? It, it definitely isn't. Uh, and I, I don't. I'm not one of those that's good at speaking to kids and try to get them motivated to get them pumped to go out there and kick some butt. Uh, that's more like a Jason Peters or a Jay Foreman yeah. type. Um, but I'm more of a one-on-one. I can feel and understand a, a player's. Uh, concern and his want to, to go out and do his best. And when it's just you don't have it, you don't have it. For, for either, either it's for that day uh, or for that play. Um, but I just I, I wish and hope that we, we, we can get rid of those people that continue to down talk and, and seem like they're – it seems like they're fair weather fans. They, they, they love you one week and then they hate you the next. Um, but that's just not me. And I – I know we're playing a tough Wisconsin team, whether they're down to their fourth string. They're still going to be a tough team. Um, and if given the opportunity, if we got them at their weakness. We take full advantage of it and, and, and bring out our best weapons and put a pounding on them. And if just so happens that they just happen to be the better team that, that day, they, they, they're the better team. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes talking Nebraska-Wisconsin. What's in store for some of these young pups that got to play a half with uh, Deontay uh, watching the first half with the the targeting and also Cam Taylor-Britt? You've got Miles Farmer that that guys, uh, staff's confident in. Uh, You also have uh, Noah Pola-Gates, some really high-level, high-profile recruits that they're kind of waiting on their time to pop. And eventually, you get you hear your name get called into that that rotation, and you see a lot of snaps. What advice do you have? 
always be ready. You never know when your when your time's going to be called. Uh, and right now, they they have a chance to go out and prove themselves. So, no matter who it is that's in front of you, just always be ready. Always be prepared. Uh, and you got a name to make for yourself. You, you you're there to represent yourself, and then in the end, that's on the side of your helmet. So, uh, just be prepared and go out and give it the, your best, 100. percent I got to go NFL here before we say goodbye. Eric Warfield's with us, uh, standout chief and uh, Hall of Fame Husker national champion. Donkin, Nebraska, Wisconsin. So, did you ever have any uh, any one on ones with with Ed McCaffrey? I have. Well, you know what? That, that's a lie. <laughs> did you DM my first my first NFL interception was on McCaffrey. It was thrown by Bubby Brister. Really? Yep. Okay. So, Bubby, I forget. Bubby was in Denver then, wasn't he? Yep, and he actually came to Kansas City after that season. So <laughs> yeah, he yeah he gave me my first uh, interception. That was on McCaffrey. Okay, so you were you were covering McCaffrey, uh, and uh, and there we go. There's a piece of history from Eric Warfield picking off old Bubby. Yes, sir. So did how did you take it to the house or did no? It was a D ball along the left. I can remember vividly down the left sideline, and uh, Ed was. I mean, he's in the later part of his career, so uh, he wasn't as fast and, and as dominant as he used to be. But, hey, you throw me in, I'm taking full advantage of it. So <laughs> You're not uh, they, 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 <laughs> they came with a deep ball down the sideline, and I took advantage of it. That's pretty good. So when we talk about the enemy and how, how nice he's been with Kansas City, they go get Le'Veon, uh, Clyde's doing his thing. I mean, Mahomes – pretty much had the day off in, in, in Denver last weekend. I mean, Kansas City was phenomenal. Where's the best landing spot for enemy Because he's been very patient. He's going to get that phone call from somebody. Where, where's the spot he'll thrive, in your opinion, here as a head coach? I think at the rate that Houston is going with the talent that they have at quarterback, um, I think Houston is probably going to be the best fit for him. And I'd probably get some more players – Offensively throughout the draft, because losing, um, I can't think of my the guy's name at Arizona, um, the receiver. Yeah, he just lit me up in fantasy. I've tried to to uh, <laughs> to get rid of his name. Yes. Now, now losing him was was big time drastic, and you know he's Hop- one of those Hopkins, Hopkins kills everybody. Yes, Hopkins, and that that kind of ruins a lot. You know that's. That's almost equivalent to us losing Kelsey. You know, Kelsey's a big-time playmaker for us at Kansas City. And if we were to lose him right now, yes, we have a lot of other skill positions. But we know, for one, Kelsey is a dominant threat mm-hmm. anytime he's in the, on the field. So uh, you hate to lose those kind of players because you, you put so much trust into your quarterback. But yet, you know, you can't lose a guy like that, especially when you had the, everything to keep him there. Uh, but – uh, for me, right now, I think Houston's the best place for him, best fit for him. I think any team's a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. But for what he gets, what he's brought to Kansas City, and I think for something that he's looking forward to as to what he can do, uh, similar to what we've done in Kansas City, is probably in Houston. You want to go to that good situation. Eric Warfield's with us, uh, Hall of Fame Husker, longtime uh, chief and uh, many-year NFL vet. Uh, thoughts on Nebraska-Wisconsin. Warfield, enjoy your time with uh, your Husker buds down in Dallas for Wisconsin, and we'll do this uh, sooner rather than later. Thanks for a few minutes. Sound good, my friend. Take care. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back with you, Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Nebraska, Wisconsin week, and Hall of Fame Husker and legendary athletic director and Hall of Fame coach at Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez, back with us. Coach, thanks for your time today, and I want to start off with just how good last Friday had to feel for you and in football in general. You still smiling? Yeah, it was good to have Big Ten football back, and you feel like the you know, college football is complete now with the, with our back our, our league back on the field and playing. And um, even though there are no fans in the stands, it was still good to see our athletes compete and coaches coaching. What was that like for you going into Camp Randall without fans? Well, as I told someone else, uh, as they said to me last week. Uh, That'll be a new experience. I said, no, it won't be a new experience. I sit in my office every day and watch him practice. So it'll be just like watching the practice with different color uniforms. I bet. Coach, I wanted to, to ask you, and, and don't know where you can go or where you want to go with this, but when it comes to COVID and testing, there's been some reports by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel about uh, the quarterback situation at Wisconsin. Can you comment or, or shed any more light on, on where things are at with your guys' depth chart? No, you know, I read Paul's comments today, and I'm really not at liberty to talk about any injuries with, with players and certainly uh, wouldn't want to discuss that. Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. From a, from a protocol standpoint, Coach, um, you've got uh, these protocols released last month by the Big Ten and you were a major part of, of getting football back for the Big Ten and when you have an athlete test positive through point of contact daily testing, uh, that'll require a, a PCR test to confirm the first result. What, what's your guys' schedule like day-to-day? I mean, is there a set time, testing goes on? I mean, where where are you at with that during yeah, the we week? Test every, we, we, we practice uh, early. In, we practice in the morning. Our guys are practicing right now. Uh, so they come in first thing in the morning, I think from 6 to 7.30. They walk in and test. It's It's really pretty smooth how, how they test and how quickly they get through it. Um, I test, and, and all my administrators that that are going to be at the game, those will, like this week, those that would be traveling, we, we will test twice. We'll test, we'll test on Thursday and then again uh, Saturday morning at the site of the game. Um, and so the, the re, they'll have the results, you know, that morning, you know, while they're practicing. So, um it's been pretty smooth. Our guys have really done a nice job of executing it, and our players really appreciate it. Coaches appreciate it because it's, you know, it, it, even the officials talk. You know, I got word back from the officials last week how they appreciated it and uh, how smooth an operation it was. In a unsmooth year, are are you mesmerized by the advances in medicine? Just the ability to to do what you guys have been doing. The Big Ten in general, Nebraska does it as well. I mean, the the, the planning's been high level, and the execution's been really good as far as the health and safety. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. It is, and and the thing that's uh, amazing is as we started with this, as we started dealing with this last March. You know, every week there's a change. It seems like daily as we're trying to think this out. You know, initially I'm thinking, you know, with contact tracing, how can you have a, a sport like football? How could you even possibly think about playing it? And then when you get rapid result tests, 
then you can you can guarantee that you have a clean practice field, and a, a clean uh, playing field uh, that, that pretty much eliminates your contact tracing. So uh, it, it seemed like for a while there, every day we or every week at least there were some changes in in uh, testing and 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 information on COVID. So uh, it's it's been more than interesting. Barry Alvarez, a few minutes with us. Hale Varsity Radio, Wisconsin, Nebraska week. And, of course, uh, legendary Husker and uh, Hall of Fame coach with the Badgers, athletic director for Wisconsin, joins us. Coach, uh, with with the practice set up, uh, you've talked to me, thankfully, for a lot of years. And you've always highlighted the uh, the necessity to, to develop guys, get great walk-ons, but have somebody ready to go. Uh, with that next man up mentality, when it comes to what what you did blueprint wise, and, and then what Coach Chris does, how how do you feel about uh, guys that that may not be starters, but it feels like or it sounds like that with your program they get a number of starter reps or at least there's reps. How's that development phase look this year as as you go into 2020 in a really weird year due to COVID? I think it's probably a little little early to. To judge that, I can judge the program over the years, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, you know we're going to have quality walk-ons. They're going to be screened. They're going to be recruited walk-ons. Uh, players that we feel they might be an inch short, or you know, come from a program where they're not developed well enough, or have a lot of upside. Um, kids that really like to play football and want to be here. You know, those are guys that are going to get better and, and, and do what you want and be good program guys. So uh, that's that's what we built on. You know, last week I had someone from Illinois asking me about all any transfers. And I said, well, we, we don't have many transfers. You know, Russell Wilson was the most famous but and maybe one of the few that we've taken over the years that we're a developmental program. We're a program that's going to bring guys in. They may not you know, we, we'll get a few four stars, maybe maybe no five stars, but we're going to take guys and we're going to develop them. And when they leave here, many of them are good enough to move. You know, we got enough success, and then many have been good enough to move into the NFL. So that's that's how we built the program. I think we know our identity, and we know, uh, you know, who we are and the type of player we have to recruit and how we have to develop them. Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Have you seen uh, a shift in in football with that that development phase? Is it is it a harder sell to kids in 2020 that you're really talented, son, but it isn't going to happen tomorrow for you? It's going to take some time. Is, is that a tougher conversation or not necessarily? What do you think? Not necessarily. I think you have to be honest. You have to be honest with athletes and uh, – uh, and then you don't have problems when they get you can't make promises mm-hmm. you know as i've told uh you know a number of people and and, and parents in particular and uh you know we, we never promise anybody that they're going to start or they're going to you know go to the nfl or anything else we just promise them we're going to support them when they're within, while they're here both on the field and in the classroom uh socially we're, we're going to be there for their support we're going to look after them. we're going to care about them uh, we never make any promises about playing time or anything like that. Coach, what are what are your takeaways from from Friday? 
uh, game one and that jump from game one to game two is uh, you guys head into Lincoln on Saturday. What, what were you pleased with from, from the football team against Illinois? You know, watching uh, games uh, this year, you know, with the type of gear it had, it looked like there, were, there was a lot of sloppy play in the first game. And I'm not talking about the Big Ten in particular. I'm talking about the other leagues that started. I saw a lot of penalties. Um, you can tell a lot of schools didn't have spring practice. Uh, things were disrupted. Um, but I, I thought uh, I was really pleased with the way our guys played. I thought it was, it was a clean game. Uh, I think we had one turnover, very few penalties, um, you know, and, and not a lot of breakdowns. So I, I, I was I was really impressed with uh, how our guys played compared to, you know, some other schools who had, who made, you know, with, without spring practice and all that. When when we look at Mertz, the quarterback, uh, what a debut for him! Uh, amazing efficiency, the five touchdown passes, and. Uh, he's a, a younger player, and, and he got thrust forward uh, because of, of injury, and he stepped up. And Are you, are you um, surprised that he looked as good as early as he did, or is that just kind of a goes to complement the development side again back to your football program? Graham w- was highly recruited coming in. I think uh, uh, Paul and all the coaches were very confident in him. You know, Jack Cohn has been a two-year starter and won a lot of games here. Um, I think you, you know, so uh, when when he was injured, I think Paul all along was planning on on playing Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the players had confidence in him. Uh, I, th- I thought he showed a lot of poise and in, in how he handled the team. Uh, really played with you know with with confidence, great accuracy, got the ball down the field well. Uh, it, was, it was a tremendous performance for a first game. I, I didn't, you know, I watch him in practice. It's hard to, to judge in practice, but I, I, I knew Paul felt very confident in him uh, going into the starting game. Coach, how, how physical are the Wisconsin practices? The reason I ask that is there was a point of emphasis by Coach Frost in Nebraska to, to really get after it and emphasize physicality just because of how brutal the Big Ten is. You've got a, a different era of football with – there, there's less contact, more safety precautions, but you still got to be able to tackle and hit and be physical. How do you guys go about that? You just have to be careful with that. You know, you have to be smart. And how many, uh, you know, when, when I was coaching, I'd go 20 minutes every day, three, at least three days a week mm. with an inside drill. And, and my coaches had to back that off. That's what I was always accustomed to, go, back it off to where we go. An inside drill is basically live for – both offense and defensive lines. Uh, you're not tackling the backs, but you're you know you're you're, you're uh, chesting up with them and button off. Uh, but that's that's it can get pretty physical. Um, I, I would say uh, we're relatively physical. That's you know if you want to run the ball, um, you want to play good defense. I think you have to you, know, you have to do some practicing that is physical. What what's your takeaways from Nebraska Ohio State? Have you had a chance to to watch a little bit of it? Did you see uh, Saturday's game? Yeah, I, I I saw most of the game. I was impressed. I thought they were much improved, but their defense really was physical. Uh, you know, Martinez really creates a lot of problems, and um, you know your your two quarterback system. Uh, both of them are, are, are very you know they're they're productive and dangerous. Uh, I was impressed. I think they're a, a vastly improved team and. Uh, and a good team. 
Coach, you, you're a longtime defensive coordinator. <laughs> you were, were awesome at it before the, the head job at Wisconsin, Iowa, and, of course, Notre Dame. Did you uh, do you remember an instance where you had to prepare for, for a two-quarterback setup? And if so, how'd you go about it? Well, you just have to know the strengths of, uh, of each quarterback. You know, you still have to have, have a you – know, you can't game plan every play. Mm-hmm. And, and a play, you know, a, a, a call isn't going to stop somebody. You know, your defense has to be sound in, in what you're doing, but you have, certainly have to be aware of the strengths uh, of, of the, the personnel in the game and uh, what they like to do with those personnel and just make sure that you're, you know, the players. Uh, and, you know, you have to anticipate. I say think like a shortstop. Anticipate what somebody's going to do. You know, know you're down in distance, what the tendencies are, and then play from there. More with Barry Alvarez. Hail Varsity Radio continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, a thought here on the lines of scrimmage in the Big Ten and I'm interested uh, with with your philosophy here when it comes to, to guys ready. Did you play a lot of young guys or uh, with the program? Is it more of a by year three guys are ready? And I ask that because Coach Frost spent some time yesterday talking about not having to rely on young guys. What? Uh, how did you want to go about that on the lines of scrimmage? I wanted to play the best guys. Okay, so you weren't. It wasn't necessarily an age thing, regardless of what class they're in. Okay. Sometimes you have a a young player that's a better player. Um, you know, I, I think in this league, you know, maturity helps you. you know, I can remember back when Joe Paterno, Penn State, came into the league. Uh, we played in their first game. Uh, it was a, his first game, I think, in the Big Ten. Uh, Ron Dane was just a freshman then, mm. but we we had a big, you know, typical big big offensive line, and uh, it, it was a heck of a game. They ended up beating us by, I think, it was like a thirty four thirty one game, mm-hmm. a very physical game, a good game. He called me that that next week and said, "Barry, we're we're not going to be able to practice this week, and you know we." We're so beat up. I'm going to have to change up the type of player I recruit. We're, you know, they they, they recruited a, a, their their emphasis was on speed. Now he said we've got to get bigger guys to hold up in this league. And I think you have to understand how to play in this league. You know, if you play, you know, some physical teams back to back to back, you play in Iowa, you know, uh, Ohio State, us, Nebraska. You're, you, you know, it's it's physical. You're going to be beat up, and you, you have to understand how to practice. And you, you better recruit uh, athletes that 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 can hold up. And that that goes to the maturity that you're talking about, and Coach Frost is mm-hmm. talking about. Coach, uh, you did a, an amazing job with the presentation to uh, to revisit uh, Big Ten play and. What was that like for you? You were part of of the 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 process to to kind of make another pitch to council to the council and presidents and chancellors earlier this year and uh, your message got home along with the, the medical experts and was that stressful for you was that something that you, you relished the opportunity to do can you take us back to, to that moment yeah. well I, I really looked for i looked forward because i wanted to do everything i could to to get football back particularly when i felt that uh, that it was safe for the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dr. Borchers from Ohio State probably had more to do 
uh, with our return or return of college or Big Ten football than anyone. Um, he, he really did a nice job in in coming up with guidelines and procedures and and leading that uh, the medical group. Um, you know, my my part of it was was the scheduling part, um, and, and you know it, it's stressful. You're dealing with. Uh, I had a other athletic directors. Bill was on the committee. You had coaches on the committee, and uh, we came up with uh, different plans. Uh, I think we, we presented four different schedules, and we had to work with with TV. Uh, we had to take a look at different times, you know, time slots. The one thing that the coaches wanted was to make sure that uh, the one thing they wanted was to be normal next year. So that meant they didn't want to play in the spring because you have to give your athletes enough time to recover to go into next year if, if you want it back to normal. So, you know, you move your schedule back. You try to figure out different uh, schedule uh, scenarios. You, you present it to – we work mainly with Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have our TV rights, the majority of them. Uh, work some with ESPN. Uh, about you know different timetables and and uh, what worked best and and uh, we presented four to the presidents and chancellors and uh, this is the one that along with the when our medical people uh, committee presented to them and had all their questions answered that was the number one thing and then uh, this is the schedule that they they felt would work the best. What's the ideal? Well, it, was, it was stressful. Yeah. It's a lot of work, and you have a, a number of, uh, you know, you have a lot. It, it's you, you have everyone's, you know, concerned about their own situation. Yeah. So to get everyone on the same page to come out with one result sometimes is difficult. Well, not everyone's going to be happy, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Coach, uh, Lance, uh, what type of what type of, of, of grandpa are you uh, in, in the in the press box cheering for your grandson? <laughs> I told somebody the other day for for the last two years that we think he's open on every play. <laughs> <laughs> Between my daughter and myself, we think he's open for all to him. You know, um, no, I'm pretty good. You know, I uh, I love to watch. This is about my uh, ninth year in the row. My grandson Joe played. Here five years mm-hmm. before Jake came in, they played one year together. Uh, to sit up in the box and, and watch your grandson play is pretty special. Well, yeah, I can hear you saying he's open. Did you? Uh, did he always love tight end, or did did he do linebacker, or is it just his athleticism? Um, you know what I think. Um, I know somebody was recruiting him as an outside line. He's played linebacker, and he's played wide receiver. He's played tight end. He's played. Quarterback early on, I mean, he's he's a pretty good athlete. He's a three-sport athlete, um, and he, he, he really, you know, the thing that's fun for me, he loves playing. Yeah, and he loves his, you know, his teammates. Uh, you know, you you want to coach him. Barry Alvarez with us, coach. We'll see you Saturday. Thanks so much for your time. You bet. Good visiting with you. We uh, hope we see Coach Alvarez Saturday. Just a reset, twenty-minute sit-down this morning with uh, the Wisconsin Athletic Director, Barry Alvarez. This was around 9.15, and Barry and I always chat Wisconsin Week, and we either do it uh, in in the morning or right before 
practice. Wisconsin has shifted back to, to morning practices. The first part of the interview, we started here around 525, and Wisconsin was practicing this morning. Coach Alvarez said Wisconsin's practicing, asked him how things are going from a protocol standpoint, a testing, and he kind of got into uh, the rapid testing and the ability to go have a clean practice. So as of when we got done around 945 this morning, things were okay, and and now, my oh my, how have things shifted with uh, where Wisconsin's at, the Nebraska-Wisconsin game, up in the air and even had Paul Christ yesterday optimistic and, and not worried about playing Saturday. So with the Big Ten leaving no room for error here with with postponement or rescheduling, you have the Big Ten protocols that are what they are when it comes to, to red. And um, the reality is this. Things can shift. You know how fluid... COVID has been, and you have positive tests with Graham Mertz. Coach wouldn't get into uh, their quarterback depth side of things with us at all, and I, I understand that. But you didn't have Paul Chris come forward with any test results. And Alvarez, earlier in this interview, it sounded like he felt pretty good this morning with how things were. Again, did not get into specifics. So, you had officials that were confident this morning, but you've likely had additional positive cases change that that, that outlook. So, how close to red and how viable is it for Wisconsin to play Saturday? That's what we're talking about here. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, we'll get that uh, Barry Alvarez interview posted up and uh, pretty good outlook this morning. Things have shifted potentially with more positive COVID cases in the Wisconsin program and where does the team go to red? Really nice write-up. I want to give credit to Sam McEwen with the uh, team positivity rate. And uh, a team can test uh, 170 people six days a week. And the Big Ten recommends 120 players, 50 staff. So that's uh, 1,020 tests per week, which equals the rolling average. So in order to meet that red testing threshold... With TPR, a team that takes 1,020 tests would have to have 51 positives. So you have two quarterbacks right now with staff. And and Barry talked about their testing protocol in part one of the interview. Again, that'll be posted here in the next three minutes or so. ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle, ESPNLincoln.com, on demand. And, of course, the podcast with Ale Varsity. And uh, heard at media, uh, check out the, the full show. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. It's up in the air right now if, if Saturday happens and the viability side of things, is it viable for Wisconsin to play? And I know there's loud groans coming from Nebraska football fans because you want to get a chance to play these guys Saturday. You also want health and safety. You don't want infections for your team. You don't want to put anyone at risk either. 
and um, you just have five uh, percent and seven and a half percent. That's that's the threshold. But a, but a school and program can step in and make a determination on health and safety before the Big Ten has to rule. The thing that sucks is that there's no makeup. And if you're Graham Mertz, you're out for 21 days because you tested positive once. The uh, more in-depth test is what I'm going to call it. <laughs> the non-rapid test um, has, has sidelined him for 21 days. Luke McCaffrey, dynamite on Saturday. Nebraska fans looking forward to him uh, this Saturday if Nebraska gets a chance. And you'll hear something from Nebraska and Bill Moose, I would I would assume, as things play out. But uh, here is McCaffrey here on his different roles and how he's been able to to accept those. Yeah, that was actually in high school. That was my sophomore year. That was when my brother was the quarterback at my high school. And so to be able to play with him, it was a very unique and special experience. That's something, now that I'm here, as, as good of a guy as Adrian is and as appreciative I am of Coach Frost and Coach Verdusco, it's another unique situation where I'm very thankful that I have those guys on my team and in my corner. And a big reason I played receiver in high school at all was because my brother was the quarterback. And, and now a big reason I'm playing it is because I have those two coaches and Adrian also by my side. And so to have those, those people in my corner on my team, I'll, I'll fight for them. Pretty good stuff. We'll see uh, what happens tomorrow. Uh, we'll run down uh, Mike Babcock, Hale Varsity, Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider, and uh, more thoughts. Eric Warfield, phenomenal today. Good perspective as a Husker alum. And uh, his loyalty to the program. Thoughts on the Nebraska-Wisconsin matchup. Hope it happens. Mitch Sherman, really good stuff from Mitch from The Athletic. And uh, our sit-down with Barry Alvarez. It happened this morning. Things have shifted mightily. Tune into that, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Thanks for checking us out.